Hello everyone, my name is Susanna Roberts and welcome to the Property Woman podcast, where we are exploring the opportunities available in the real estate industry. My guest today got a first class law degree, but after some property work experience, found herself signing up for a real estate master's. Described as a rising star, she is now a development surveyor at Gaisley GLP, studying towards her RICS APC exams. A regular speaker at the Women in Logistics and Industrial Agents Society events, where she recently chaired the discussion on the student conundrum, her hot topics are gender equality and the retention of young talent. Please welcome Olivia Prisk. Morning. Hi, Olivia. Thank you so much for being here at Property Woman. What an intro. Thank you for having me. So awesome what you're doing here. Olivia, you got a first class law degree. I would imagine most people would pursue this career path. It's well paid and you were good at it. Why did you choose property instead? That's a good question. I studied criminal law, which was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. I could at the time see myself with a future in it. There was quite significant legal aid cuts and year on year the student debt is getting higher and higher and higher. Interest rates are also getting higher and higher and higher so you actually can't quite pay it back before it increases again just yet. So for me I had to recognise what I wanted to throw all of my time and passion into and it would have been another five years worth of studying to be able to get where I wanted to be before being properly paid. I think again I just wanted to move to something that I could start and get my teeth into and feel like I was being sort of rewarded for what I was learning and what I was doing. I know about property. I've obviously watched Grand Designs. I've played Sims all my life. Um, (laughs) And I do actually have family and property. Grown up with a respect for property as a whole and managed to get a little bit of work experience, see what area I wanted to do and decided to go back to uni and do a short one-year master's in development. What are you responsible for as a development surveyor at Gaisley GLP? The role and responsibilities are great because it's very much a people role. So there are various aspects of the job and the role. So it might be when finding and acquiring land, you'll work with the technical teams and the agents. So finding, securing, buying land, writing business cases so we can present it back internally and get approval to buy, working with the planning team and the technical team to go through the planning process to get planning. It might be, again, working with the technical team to design the scope of the building or the layout of the building and then to build it. Probably most importantly, it might be uh, sitting with occupiers and building that relationship, understanding what their business is and where they're going and then potentially negotiating with them (laughs) when you're trying to get them leased into your buildings. Obviously, once the building's built, we need to get tenants in it. And what is your typical working day? Every day is very different depending on what part of the above I'm working on. There's a lot of marketing meetings with the agents trying to understand what's going on in the market trying to understand what occupiers are doing some technical meetings where again you're learning all about the design of the building and what's important to occupiers generally I'm out of the office in meetings or I'm in the office and if I'm in the office I'll either be in meetings or on the phone so every day is completely varied and what attracted you to the logistics sector So logistics sector, I had never really had an appreciation for or even knew about until I did that property masters. And the property masters didn't actually speak about industrial at all, but I'm quite a competitive person for those that know me. And we were challenged with write a dissertation about something that nobody else is going to write about. And I took that very seriously. was fretting about what am I going to write it on? 
And I actually had a conversation with dad and said, I need an area of property that no one else is going to write about. And he sort of asked, well, what have you learned about? And it was the classic residential, office, retail. And he sort of raised the question of, you like shopping, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I really like shopping. And where do you shop typically? And I'm sort of, oh, like ASOS, right? And does ASOS have a store? No, it's all online. And he was like, where where do you think that then comes from? What, does it just magic out the sky? And that got me thinking of, oh, actually, hold on, where does that all come from? And what is this? At the time for me, it was kind of the hidden asset class, which is ridiculous when you drive down the motorway. So, yeah, I wrote a dissertation about that and just absolutely loved it. Loved understanding it, loved where it was going, loved just everything about it. So I knew quite early on in that dissertation that that's what I wanted to carry on doing. You've explained earlier that it was a very varied role that you do. Mm. What qualities do you think makes a good development surveyor? I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. What have I observed and respected of those around me? I think everyone take complete responsibility and ownership for everything that they do. So it's quite a hands-on role and it's quite a demanding role, but everyone completely owns it. You've got to be quite good people skills and building relationships again going back to the occupiers we need to make sure that we are in front of them and getting them to understand us and us to understand them and what they're doing and actually just a good sense of fun it's such a social industry that if you're up for going out and having fun with people and again network network networking then I think those sort of core aspects do make a good development sphere or developer as a whole and what do you enjoy most about your job getting to work with so many different teams so many different people who have different roles so not just stuck within my team it's working with everyone and understanding how their parts influence my part a lot of travel within the UK sometimes within Europe which is really fun diversity within each day and I think as well if I'm very lucky in my team in terms of the culture and the values that we all hold it's definitely the case that we would merit character and our own personal well-being and ambition over results. We understand that results are really important, but the dynamic and the makeup of the team are what drives collaboration and efficiency and our own personal well-being, which in turn then allows us to grow and perform better at work. And I think when you're founded on a culture of value for character, above all, there's quite a big trust cultivated against the team, which then generates a positive and sort of safe working environment. And I think who wouldn't flourish in that? And this is a nasty question, but what do you enjoy least about your job? I think this one's a bit of a double-edged sword, really. I quite enjoy being young and getting to learn from so many people and having so many people who've been in the industry for so long around me, and that's amazing. And sort of the flip side of that is I'm the youngest and have the least experience and feel quite at the edge of my knowledge a lot of the time which is great because you're sort of in the what do they call it like out your comfort zone in the grow zone all the buzzwords I think sometimes I I want to move fast and I want to be as good as them and I compare myself a lot to them and that can be quite mentally challenging sometimes okay Olivia so we're now on to our quick tick questions the most important part of the whole interview so I want your gut reactions and your first responses so grip your seats and drum roll please hard hat or high vis high vis disto or trundle wheel disto city center or golden triangle Oh, I've got projects in both. Um, city centre. Level access or dock doors? Level access. Shop or shed? Shed. 
What are the key factors that your customers look for when choosing their next industrial shed? There's no one answer to that really. So our customers might be retailers or e-commerce companies, they might be manufacturers or third-party logistics and everyone sort of requires something a little bit different but I think the two main things that are shared amongst all are number one labour, attracting and retaining a labour pool and having that availability especially with not to bring the b word into it but brexit's hit that already and people are slightly concerned as to where they might get that labor pool from so that's a big one for us and that means we need to think outside of the box how do we retain staff like we obviously can't plant generations around us um, but what we can do is we can create really positive working environments people want to be in and technology really is the cornerstone of most manufacturers and retailers e-commerce providers etc and for all of these technological solutions to their supply chain and the like there's a huge electrical capacity demand so it's so important to have that electric capacity and the resilience in that connection so that's quite a big one for us at the moment what do you think is the greatest future change then affecting the logistics sector looking forward from now we don't know what the high street is going to look like already we've seen it change but we're not quite sure what the supply chain into the back door of the new retail is going to look like and building wise and location and there's all these sort of buzzwords going around ultra urban logistics last link last mile and how we actually all come together to get people to be able to deliver next day or same day because I don't know about you but if I see when I order something that the delivery day is three to five days click cancel and I go on to somewhere else that can provide it for me next day I might not even need that item until two weeks time but sort of out of sight out of mind and if I forget it or whatever I just want it now so with that you'll probably see a higher demand for stock holding within major cities and for example we're building down in Docklands multi-story we believe that to be the start of something new in that sense as well but again if people are all intensifying in urban locations, there's a higher demand sort of at government level for carbon neutral and electric vehicles. And for the demand for that, it goes exactly back into our point earlier about the importance of having power connections because for every vehicle in your fleet to be able to be electric requires a huge amount of power and a huge amount of resilience to that connection. Sustainability is a massive factor at the moment. This year, we've seen the rise of Extinction Rebellion, Greta Thunberg. How is this affecting the sheds industry in particular? I think sustainability is one of those words which there's not anyone that's not talking about. And there's not anyone that isn't putting all of their effort into trying to provide and look at different ways and it's quite fun because I think as a industry everyone's on that journey together everyone's doing it obviously for themselves but when you read what someone else is doing you're like oh great what about if we did this and then added this and they probably do exactly the same to us I think our customers are going to start looking at low carbon or carbon neutral supply chains we need to get on board with that and make sure that we're educated enough to be able to have an intelligent conversation with them about that that's obviously going to impact the buildings we build now and in the future at Gaisley we've got a whole new sustainability rollout coming very shortly so I'm going to whet your appetite with that and leave it right there watch this space watch this space you'll have something to read all about our new generation buildings very soon (laughs) so moving on to the more social side of the interview 
one of your key interests is the student conundrum. What is the student conundrum? For me, the student conundrum is where's the exposure to property as a whole and where's the exposure in particular to industrial. I've spoken earlier about at university, it just wasn't there for me or wasn't there for anyone. At school, property was never, ever talked about, ever. University, logistics wasn't taught. And I know that in some universities there is a small part, but spoken to a lot of people who also had the same. So I think the RICS, so the governing body, and its members do have a responsibility to raise awareness, to get into universities, to get into schools. Just tell people that it exists, really, because I think that will help bring in a whole bunch of new talent and probably help retain a whole bunch of talent. You've said that employers need to entrust more responsibility to junior staff and be more flexible, so allowing them to work from home if required. Could you explain this? A common thing that I'm reading and hearing is that there can be a bit of a disconnect between the relativity between time and productivity and we're not living in a generation anymore where people need to be tied to their desks and so why should they that applies for all I think for me as somebody junior if you told me I had to sit at my desk all of the time in order for me to be working I would be so unproductive just because it's not inspiring I need to be out I need to be doing things I did all of my coursework from a coffee shop because seeing people around me inspired me and got me writing and got me thinking and focusing. And I think everyone needs to be trusted to use it. Olivia, you're a young woman working in the logistics industry within real estate, which is widely renowned for being more male orientated. How do you approach going to an event knowing you'll be one of few women? Well, when I started in the industry, I found, well, not very difficult, but I found quite difficult. I've got a great team who always used to go to those social events as well. So going with a group at the time, I was the only market facing female in the team. I'm glad to say that we've got another now. But yeah, they they were amazing. And they've always been complete champions of me, which is amazing. But me going on my own. Yeah, it's daunting. I don't anymore. I think almost because there are so few women all of the women know each other we've all got a little whatsapp group so if going to some big event where there might be five six hundred people we will text ahead and say you're going to this you're going to that you know who you're going to look out for it's just knowing that they're there and you have encouragement but to be honest the market as a whole is so social everyone's so lovely the anticipation when i started was always a lot worse than the reality what would you choose to wear? I mean, do you ever worry about whether what you're going to wear is too revealing or is it too conservative? And obviously no one wants to dress boring. So how did you make that choice? Yeah, probably the wrong person to ask. I uh, <laughs> I live by the firm rule of if you're comfy, then you're confident. And at those events, I'm sort of most unconfident about what what am I going to say to people and actually for me what I needed to feel in myself was just comfortable so I just wear the same old bland outfit I've got literally like three outfits that go on little nights out to events that I know are sort of appropriate but I'm comfortable in because you don't want to be in something that you're like oh look at me really dressed up but I'm now so conscious of how tight it is or whatever that you just Take all of that thought out. Go comfy. Just be who you are. Be comfy.
As someone relatively new to the world of work, what advice would you give those choosing their future career? You've got to find a company whose culture suits you. You've got to find people who are going to support, encourage you and going to push you way out of your comfort zone while having a really good support netting underneath you. (laughs) And people that actually care about and ask about your desires and ambitions outside of work as well as inside of work just to get that balance of well-being and inspiration and finally is there any advice you wish you'd been given at the start of your career so only a couple of years ago in this case (laughs) that you would like to share with our listeners today a couple of practical points for me I found it really helpful having reviews every six months instead of annually that's been really helpful again going back to what to look for I wish I was told that one of the first things I should be doing is being honest about what my ambitions are in and outside of work and look for the people that you want to champion you and you want to be mentored by almost and surround yourself with them thank you so much Olivia Presk for coming on to the Property Woman podcast thank you so much for having me